Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. I'm your host, Matt, as always, and we're talking about WordPress as a business, WordPress as a career, talking to developers, designers, freelancers, marketers, bloggers, authors. If you're wondering on how to start a WordPress business, this is the show for you. If you already have a WordPress business, this is also the show for you because you're going to learn some tips, some fundamental stuff uh, that my guests bring to the show. If you want to stay in the loop, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Today, joined by Rebecca Gill. Rebecca, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Uh, founder of Web Savvy Marketing. Take us down that two-minute elevator pitch, two-minute drill of what you do and what the business is all about. We um, primarily create custom WordPress themes for people small as bloggers up to Big Ten universities. Um, most of our stuff is with integrated SEO. It's kind of our niche. And then this year we started, or excuse me, last year in 2012, we started a WordPress theme store for Genesis Child Themes. Nice. Um, you started down the path of, you said, from small bloggers all the way up to uh, large universities. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you also have a pretty large team and a pretty large offering on the site. Uh, can you take us down that first client? What was the very first project that you started? Well, when I started the firm, I wasn't planning on going into WordPress. It was um, based on you know SEO consulting, and I was going to use WordPress in Joomla. Uh, but I quickly realized that WordPress was the route to take. Um, so my first client, my first big client, was someone from my old industry who literally found me, found my status updates on LinkedIn. And, you know, I am me and said, hey, I see what you're doing now. You know, what, can you help us? And that's how it all started with that one client. It was in the middle of the recession. Um, and, you know, they stayed with me for a year. And that kind of helped me have a basis to build the, the business up. That's awesome. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I just interviewed Angie Meeker about 20 minutes ago. She also started uh, in 2008. My own practice started in 2008. What a wonderful year that was uh, <laughs> with the financial crisis and collapse and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, why were we so crazy to do that? What, what, what were you looking for at that time? I, um, well, I, I quit my job in 2009 and it was kind of like life events and, you know, work all kind of blended together that just seemed like the right crazy thing to do. And looking back, it was a lot more crazy than I think. I expected and probably you expected or Angie expected you don't really realize the leap that you're taking um, and it was just it was honestly life events that kind of decided that I wanted more work-life balance and I wanted to have things within my own control and you know it worked and I'm happy and it was the best decision I've ever made yeah I agree um, after all the pains and and the still pains that we still <laughs> go through as as entrepreneurs and building businesses um, it is kind of refreshing to look back and say, hey, at least we made it out of that, that storm. Um, let's get ready uh, for the next one. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. If you can do it in the middle of a recession, you can do anything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so take us down that, that first WordPress project. You said you started off, you wanted to go with uh, Joomla, uh, but you ended up going with WordPress being the yep. smart, smarter choice. How did, that, how did you figure out WordPress was the smarter choice? I had used both of them at my last job, and when I started to talk to people about Joomla and WordPress, you could tell people got panicked over Joomla and the idea of the modules, and it was just, they couldn't do it. I mean, I came from a software background with marketing, so it was comfortable to me, but I could see it wasn't going to be comfortable for everybody else, and so I dropped Joomla really quick, 
and I took that first client on um, a studio press theme that I customized and when I say customize, I hacked. You know, I didn't know how to code. I had a marketing background and knew SEO. I knew the things to do for SEO. I didn't know anything else. So, you know, I taught myself through Studio Press's forums and through everything I could find in the internet and Codex. And, you know, I tried to learn as much as I could, um, which taught me a lot because that taught me the fundamentals of themes and the architecture, which now allows me to utilize with my team. Um, and God bless that first client for being a success. And you know, they doubled their income that first year, which was awesome. Um, it, so it gave me the, I guess, the inspiration and the um, confidence to push forward. You need that the first year, especially when you're an entrepreneur. Right. Uh, and it's funny you say that because Angie and I were talking about this earlier that not every client needs custom design. It doesn't need you know design from scratch or development from scratch. There's tons of things that we can pull out of WordPress uh, repository and places like StudioPress mm-hmm. that build good stuff that's supported really well. And we know those, you know, we know, quote, unquote, what if, you know, quote, air quotes in the air. We know these people who are developing this stuff. It's not like you're buying a product from Microsoft or Apple or Google. You'll never meet these people. You'll never have this one-on-one relationship mm-hmm. that you do with the WordPress community. Um, one of the things that you and I talked about prior to the interview is you know um, we're not developers we're not designers but we're great at project management seeing the marketing aspect seeing the business aspect how important is that that these folk that folks should have that kind of business and marketing uh, experience beforehand I, I think it's important my degree has a major in accounting which is funny because I've never used it <laughs> you know but I, I knew the accounting portion of it my prior jobs I knew project management really well coming from a software company I knew marketing, which is completely self-taught, you know, and having those life experiences and even that college, little bit of college background helped prepare me so that I knew the basics. Now I just needed to learn how to do a little bit of coding and, or hacking. I guess I don't code, I hack. <laughs> um, you know, and bring that into the mix of it. I, if I didn't know SEO and know how to blog, I don't know how I would have really gotten going you know, with that business going and survive that first year of the recession. Right. I, I mean, I, I, I just don't know how I could have done it. And I, you have to have fundamentals. You don't, you don't need to know everything. You don't need the 10 years of SEO experience I have, but you need to have the basics of it so that you can make sure, like, your site's optimized and, you know, you're using social media and, you know, you, those, those basic principles. Plus, it's good for your clients anyways to know it. Yeah. The word you, fundamentals, I use that all the time when I'm talking to people about either starting their business or even the mo- even starting a new position at a new job or um, a WordPress business is, is if you know the fundamentals like keep WordPress updated, keep it backed up, how to pick the best themes that are supported and, and, and you have the author's attention and, and they're posting in the forums and stuff like that. If you, if you know those fundamentals, you'll do, a, if you, you'll do a great job versus the person who does a one-click install on like GoDaddy and then says see you later and never yeah. updates the site ever again. Um, now, years go by, you start, uh, you start building a team. Are you a virtual agency? Do you have people in-house? How does that work? Uh, we're definitely a team. I'd be nowhere without the team. Uh, we're virtual. I had this idea in my head. You know, when I started the business, I just wanted to make enough money not to lose my house. <laughs> then I, it, literally. And then I realized, well, there's something here. You know, this can really be something bigger. So then I was thinking that I needed to grow it big enough to get an office. I didn't need an office. You know, nobody, 
or very few people, I think, in the WordPress community and the graphic designs, they don't want to be tied to a physical location. They want that flexibility and that creativity to be wherever they want. So we're virtual. You know, we're we're all over the world, um, and it's been you know a matter of growing the team through recommendations. Um, first, my my senior coder Chris, um, he was a he was a panicked phone call that I got him. My very first go live client, I screwed the database up. So Chris was the only person that I called on like 20 people that answered the phone, and you know I've been stuck with him ever since by choice, you know, and, that, that, and then he helped me find one of my graphic designers because he knew her through church, and then we've kind of just grown from there, you know, to build that virtual team, and it works. You know, we've got the tools in place in the system that it works. That's awesome. Um, that's a great story, too, that you, that you kind of called him out of a panic, but now he's, now he's stuck with you ever, ever since. Yeah, it, uh, and he'll laugh about it because it was total panic. I took him live. I screwed it up. I get, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll live and you'll learn, but... It taught me a very valuable lesson of the steps to go live, and it taught me that I truly needed to know the fundamentals so that when my team tells me we're going to do it this way, I understand why we're doing it this way. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I take note, and I can question things that I think that are questioned, but just know enough that I get what they're talking about. Yeah. And then I leave the rest of it to them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> now. that's, yeah, that's great. Um, you said you set some goals, like the first goal was to make enough to to pay the mortgage yep. and then you set next goal to have an office and then the next goal, and the next goal. Um, how did you set those goals? How did you go about achieving those goals? Um, you know, most folks, they don't think, you know, when they start a freelance business, they're like, Hey, great. I get to work out of a coffee shop. No, I have no boss, you know, but then a year goes by, two years goes by and they're, they're not thinking like, wow, I actually have overhead. If I don't mm -hmm. stay on course, I'm not making a living. Um, and then they kind of fall out of the whole freelance thing. How did you set goals? What kind of goals should people be setting? Um, I didn't have, at the beginning, didn't have like true financial goals. It was the mortgage, you know, make sure I had to have this much money coming in to pay the mortgage. Then I had to have, you know, X amount to pay taxes because I didn't pay taxes at first. I mean, you know, it's just that, that kind of that, that maturing of the business. Um, I knew I wanted to grow and I kept setting, you know, 50% or 100% growth per year was what was in my head. But then it quickly came from as you build your team up, it's not just you anymore. It's now you realize you're paying somebody else's mortgage and you're providing food for their family. And now you start, you mentioned overhead. So now I have the number in my head. I need to bring in X amount per month to make sure I can cover my salary, overhead, and everybody else's you know, funds that are going towards them. That's a pretty powerful goal. Yeah. And once you put yourself in that perspective, because you once you form the team, you want to be able to support the team because they're giving to you. You got to give back to them. Yeah. And that's the best goal that I can have at all. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. Um, the founder of Seer Interactive, which is an SEO company, I watched an interview with him once, and he said that every time, and this is on the early stage of his company, every time he brought somebody onto the team, it was another step back for him and his financial goals mm -hmm. because he was now paying somebody else's mortgage, paying somebody else's health care benefits mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Was, he said every time he brought somebody on, it was just another meal of ramen noodles that he had to fall back to, uh, to eat. Um, how, you know, what should people be looking if, if you're a freelancer, sh what should they be looking for in a team uh, or in a leader um, so that they're actually making the right choices and they find somebody who's respectable like you that's, that's actually working hard to, for, to get them a job, uh, what do you think they should be looking for in a team or, or a leader? I, 
I'd say communication is important. And, you know, Chris says it a lot when we talk because you, you kind of get set in your ways with people and you get that comfort zone. And if you do have a good team, I mean, my team knows how to speak Rebecca. They know how to dumb stuff down for me so that when they're talking heavy code, I get it. You know, and I know what I can push them to do and what I can't. And I think finding someone that you can communicate with, particularly when you're virtual, is key. You know, I mean, having obviously the same goals and the same type of business philosophies and, you know, we believe in karma and the internet and, and business and everything else. But, you know, that doesn't mean anything if you can't communicate with somebody. And, and Chris has said it recently and, you know, I spent... Um, days with Debbie at Pressnomics, I mean, you have to be able to communicate and have a good rapport, and then everything else starts to just come easy. And if you find that, jump on it, I think. Nice. I know I totally agree. You've stolen another word that I, that I bring to. I do some uh, mentorships at, a lo- at two local colleges, one community, uh, one university, and the three words I pick are uh, fundamentals, communication, uh, and integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the three things that I kind of help uh, folks kind of recognize uh, what, no matter if they're in just school or if they're going for a job. So that's, that's awesome stuff. Um, so now the business starts out SEO, uh, web design, custom WordPress design. Mm-hmm. You start focusing in on, on Genesis and Studio Press. Then the theme store crops up. How did that happen? And I think this I know how because it, I, I, I'm kind of the same way as you. This is funny. So, you know, we, we make the decision... Uh, maybe when, whenever Genesis came out, was Chris was pushing me to go towards Genesis. We use it on our own site, and I try it. I'm like, you know what? He's right. I get it. We're doing Genesis. We marry ourselves to Genesis. Well, so then in 2011, late, Chris says to me one day, "We should have a, some theme stores. We should have some stock themes." I go, "No, that's not who we are." So he lets it go. Another month goes by. Brent comes back up, and he goes. You know, really think you should consider doing some stock things. And I say, nope, we're custom design. We don't do that. I don't want to do that. So then another month goes by, and I finally go, oh, maybe he's right. Because I knew not everybody had the ability to pay for our custom design. That you know, design with the, the whole process of the graphic designer and the child theme. Not everybody could afford that. So I kind of question, you know, I talked more with Chris about it to figure out what would be entailed, and I realized he had a really good idea, and he had a really good idea. We have sold more themes than I expected. The last two months, we've had huge sales, and it's brought in a lot of um, customized work that we didn't even expect. You know, I just thought it was going to be the themes. So it's been good, I mean, and I enjoy it. I really enjoy doing the themes. You know, when you're doing custom work, you're working towards what your client wants, and you're trying to guide them along in the process. But when we do custom, when we do stock themes, it's all me. I get to say what I want, and I have the direction, and you know, I have other people look at it and give their feedback. But it's much more creative, and I really enjoy it. Plus, it's fun to see what people can do with it. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's an awesome answer. Um, I was thinking back something that you said that no, no, we're we're a custom shop. This is what <laughs> this is what we're going to be. I remember starting out our agency thinking the same exact thing. I I came from another business that we had. Um, a, I managed the development and design team for Drupal. And they were doing like big ticket items, like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar projects, um, and even bigger uh, partner with other agencies. So when I started this, I was like, "Nope, we're going to do everything the way I did it before." Yeah. Every person who walks through the door is going to get what this you know. awesome custom site, and there's no way. No, I'm not going to sacrifice any little piece of detail. 
until people started looking at you in the small business community, like $50,000, see you later. <laughs> like there's yeah. no well, way. You, you realize you can't help as many people. Right. That's the one thing that the stores allowed us to do is help so many more people and they're happy with it. You know, you're, you can't make everybody happy, but I can tell you that our happiness rate's like 99.5%. And that's great. That makes you feel good. I mean, mm-hmm. It makes you want to start your day and do your job because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I spoke to, uh, interviewed uh, Andrea Rennick, Brian Clark uh, of Coffee Blogger, Studio Press, um, and Rafal, who also is the designer for Studio Press, one of them. How do you handle the folks that come in, buy a theme, you know, 80 bucks or whatever the price might be, that just don't, aren't aware that they need the Genesis framework and that if they do want to customize it, they do have to know a little bit of CSS HTML? Mm-hmm. It, well, we've learned okay. that when we first opened the store, the verbiage I had wasn't clear enough on the product pages, and it wasn't apparent enough. So I have gone through iteration upon iteration of our product pages and our FAQ and you know the main store page to be able to shout at people, hey, we're Genesis. That's who we are. you got to have the Genesis framework. Um, we've learned along the way with the forum. I do get emails from people. You know, they, They're like, I installed, the child, I ch- installed your theme. It doesn't work. You know, and it's because they don't have Genesis. But because now we have enough content on the website, most people get it and most people understand. My challenge now is convincing people who don't want a framework that they got to go to Genesis because it's so good. And I try, I'm a Genesis cheerleader. I always have been. Yeah. I'm going to be. You know, I'm Ge- Genesis and WooCommerce, I believe in both of them. Um, so, you know, that's the challenge now is trying to convert those people into my way of thinking and drinking my cooling or Genesis. <laughs> but, you know, you can do it. If you give them enough information, they can do it. And the ones that don't want it, then they can go find another thing. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody say, boy, that's, that's too much money, uh, for as little money as it is, as we know it. But have mm-hmm. you had anybody that says that's too much money and how do you deal uh, with them? They, absolutely. But... I can't compromise on my pricing because I put a lot of investment in. I mean, last year I put so much investment into the store themes because we've got, I think, 18 of them now. Um, you know, I have to recoup that. I have to be able to pay my salary and my team and, you know, keep us going so I don't budge on it. I mean, it's, just, it's the price that it is. And if you want a cheaper theme, go find one. You know, I'm sorry that we're not the solution for you, but there's so many other people out there, you'll find one. Yeah. I just kind of let them go. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it's the it's the hard, cold truth answer uh, that needs to be said. And actually, one of the questions I I typically ask folks, especially like Pippin Williamson and Corey Miller of iThemes, is, do you think we're we're charging too little for this for the effort and and the the money we're putting into this stuff? Um, I would say not so much the money going into it, but the <coughs> ongoing support because it takes a lot to support themes. I've learned that. You know, you've got 20 theme buyers. You're not going to hear from 19 of them, but one out of the 20 is going to bury you, and you're going to lose so much money on them. You know, from that perspective, we don't charge enough because they might have 20 questions, and they want, you know, customizations, and they want, we try to give them CSS tweaks, you know, through the form, but there's only so much you can do that they can do on their own. You know, at some point, you got to just say, you need customizations. We're happy to do it for you, but it's a fee-based, you know, service. Yeah. So, yeah, it's more of the support for us than the actual development going into it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and support is, you know, that, that happy balance of, you know, how much, how much can you customize this, um, you know, this theme that was, you know, I, I, I guess the question is how can we educate folks that don't understand this stuff that a theme is 
it's pre-built. It's, it's made for a particular reason. Uh, it's designed mm-hmm. in, a, in a certain fashion to address, you know, whatever that theme's problem or, or, or solution is. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of folks buy it and then they want to rework the whole thing. And it's like, well, you could have just bought this theme over here, which, you know, looks a little bit closer. Yep. I, I guess, how do we educate these people pre-sale? Videos, documentation, free training? I encourage them to ask questions. So I, I changed our contact form so that there's a spot where they can say I've got pre-sale questions. I encourage people to ask questions. I will talk back and forth with them five times in email. And if someone, you know, we have a, we have a farm theme called Colin. And it's got a very elaborate header and it's rotating images. And someone wanted to reduce the size of the header by 50%. And asked if they could do it beforehand. I'm like, you know what? Normal theme? I'd say yes. This one, no. It's too elaborate. Don't buy it. Go find another theme. You know, and that's, I, you know, I try, I try to spend that time with them. And if they're the wrong buyer, I steer them away. Because they're not going to be happy. We're not going to be happy. Uh, you know, you just try to do the best that you can and learn. I think, you know, and keep adapting, like adapting the product information to try to, the questions that you do get so it's more apparent. You know, I, I'm a I'm a big person on evolution. I may be very stubborn in a lot of ways. My husband would say I'm really stubborn. But at least in business, I try to evolve as fast as I can and make updates and change things to make it better for everybody. Yeah, and that and that is the secret sauce. If you're not, if you're not constantly evolving, if you're not staying agile, then you're going to get, stuck in in a, in a rut or you're just not going to not going to scale and grow um and you do have to be on top of your game um let's talk about the custom business uh how do you manage that on a virtual basis do you have a process that every custom client falls into that you just step one step two step three is it more creative where you just allow the client to speak to you and give you the direction how does that work oh we're i'm really anal retentive <laughs> we've got a process I give clients um, a five-page questionnaire that they fill out, which is kind of our, it's our, you know, our starting of our scope. Um, we use Basecamp. I have project templates in Basecamp. Our full customization, you know, full build with SEO and everything, that's 90 steps through the project plan. So that gets created for every new client. Everybody has tasks assigned to them, and we march, and the client has tasks. They're allowed to come into Basecamp for their project. You know, we go through that. I modify it for clients based on their functional needs and, you know, some, you have a project's different, but we've got our marching orders and we stay within it. And, you know, once you find graphic designers and coders that know that process, it starts just to flow. I mean, it wasn't the first six times we did it, but now that we've done it lots and lots of times, yeah. it is. How do you that's, do- how we, that's how we manage it. We talk more through Basecamp than anything mm-hmm. in my company. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with the client that all of a sudden gets this uh, checklist and they're like, oh, God, I have homework too? Um, There's 50% of them never even log into Basecamp. I send them, I create a PDF, I send it to them, and then I just keep bugging them for it. Yep. You know, I mean, you, the one thing I've learned I've learned with custom design, especially in the, the niche that we deal with, a lot of times it's the owner of a small business or it's their marketing person. They've got real lives and real jobs to do, and this is secondary to them. So I have kind of a a level of pain where I'll go through where I let them slide for a week or two, and then I'm just going to start hammering them because I know they want to execute the project. You know, I know that they've got their own real life and their own jobs that they have to do, but at some point you need to kind of push them to make sure it executes so they're happy so that they haven't wasted their money because we require 50% off front. Uh, one of the things I talk about when I do some uh, talks at WordCamps about running your own WordPress business, how much do you rely on contracts with these clients? 
um, holding their feet to the fire, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, for all these milestones? When I started the business, I had no contract. And then as you know, you run into hurdles with people and um, you know, wrong interpretations of what the project's about, I continue to add in clauses within the contract. So we do have a terms and conditions in our contract that's two pages long. And it's all based on things that we've gone through in the past just to try to clarify for things. Example, I'm not going to build a custom website on Windows. I'm not going to do a Windows server. It's a nightmare. I clearly say <laughs> I clearly say in our contract, you're not going to use it. And if you are, you need to have this X amount of money set aside for go live and troubleshooting because we're going to have a, you know, a lot of issues that we weren't expecting. Um, so anyone who's a custom build, we have a contract. If I do, we do um, PSD to Genesis and then we do just custom theme builds. You know, those, the custom theme builds have um, contracts, but the other ones don't. Customizations don't because it's, you know, you're, there's, there's not that much. I don't want to panic people and freak people out when they only spend a couple hundred dollars. But the full bill, especially when you get to five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, absolutely a contract. I do allow some things to slide, you know, but I, I try to keep it at least into a box so that I'm not losing money. They're not frustrated. You know, we have realistic expectations. Yeah, that's uh, that's an awesome answer. I, I learned. I also learned the Windows host thing the hard way. Uh, my old company had a bunch of Windows hosting, so I, it never came, and it was never obvious to me when I started my own thing because I had WordPress, I mean, w Windows developers, mm -hmm. so until uh, a project last year, and that really uh, came back to bite us. Um, so good, uh, good stuff on the contract. Look, a lot of people listening to this are like, oh, I don't want this business stuff, this contract stuff, these timelines, these milestones. You guys need to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't, you know, if you want to grow and scale... Um, and, be, and, and just grow your business, make a little bit more money, uh, these are the things you have to take into account. Contract, time management, project management, client expectation. It's not fun. It's not beautiful. It's not. But, you know, one thing is when we went to Pressnomics last year, talking with other developers and other, you know, theme, theme shops and, you know, people who do the custom work, hearing what they do and having that dialogue validated what we do. You know, you know, you're not the only one. And I learned some stuff. Some people have clauses that I didn't have, you know, that I that we should have. So that that was nice because that was that two way communication was definitely, you know, great for me and hopefully, you know, for the people that I talked to. Yeah, uh, Corey Miller from iThemes uh, said something really uh, interesting that he's super competitive. He wants to stuff out his competition. He wants <laughs> to be the best, but at the same time, his competition are his friends. <laughs> there mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, colleagues in the WordPress community. Uh, what are your, th and you went to Pressnomics, uh, which I didn't get to go to, but I want to, uh, the next time around. Uh, how do you deal with like your own offering Genesis themes, but studio press has their own theme set. How do you balance the two? How do you balance competition that are also, uh, friendly with you in the, in the marketplace? Yeah. Uh, before we even did the theme store, but you know, when Chris first brought up, I went to Brian Gardner. I, you know, I wanted his opinion. I wanted to make sure it was going to be embraced and, you know, not feel like we're stepping on their toes. And, I mean, and I'll be honest, you know, Brian offered to put our themes in their store because they have the, the, the area. And that was my intention. But then as I got into it, I realized, yeah, i got to figure some stuff out before I put this, you know, this burden on Studio Press and, you know, ask them to, to take that leap of faith with me. We need to work out our own process first, and so we just continue to do that. 
Um, but I try to give back to people when he promotes me. I try to make sure I'm the Genesis cheerleader. And if I'm in, you know, LinkedIn or Quora and people are talking about Genesis versus thesis, I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand and say, oh, no, it's Genesis all the way. You know, yep. and cheerlead for them. And just like me, you know, I believe in WooCommerce. I want to be a WooCommerce cheerleader because I believe in them. You know, that's yep. even though they have their own themes and technically they would be considered a competitor, I don't view it like that. I think the WordPress community is big enough. And there's so much opportunity for everybody that we're not truly competitors. We're, you know, we're, we're colleagues, you know, and it's part of, it's part of the community and it's part of giving back to the community and, and um, I guess helping out everybody else who I've learned from, you know, and modeled after. Yeah. And, and one of the things that like, I'd probably say, well, the number's changing a little bit now, but last year I'd probably say nine out of 10 clients didn't even know what WordPress was. And didn't really care as long as we built them the solution they were looking for. They had all the access that WordPress has to offer. Um, now that's changing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you were to walk down the street at any given city and said, WordPress, 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 people would be looking at you like, I don't even know what you're talking mm -hmm. about. Um, so that when the, that there is still opportunity that people won't even know. StudioPress, WooCommerce, they don't know. You know, the client, maybe the end user. Um, of course, as, as long as they're not specifically looking for that. So I think the opportunity is still there and growing. Do you ever think about going into a marketplace like a theme forest or, or some other marketplace that exists? I have and I've looked at them, but you know, you give away so much of your own profit and your own revenue doing that. And then theme forest, as good as they are, wants you to solely have their themes on you know, their site, and I struggle with that. I mean, I don't want, and I, I continue to struggle with it because I've made the decision to keep them on our site and only sell them on our site. But am I missing out on money? I don't know, you know. I, But I'm set in my ways. I'm like, you know, I like that control factor, and it's within my control when it's on my own site. Yeah, yeah. And I'm making money. I mean, I didn't even want the theme store to begin with. Then I didn't want to do affiliates, and people, you know, were coming to me and saying, can you do an affiliate program? So... You know, I, I, like I said, I'm a little bit stubborn when it comes to things. Yeah. Actually, you bring up another good topic, affiliates. Uh, have you had success with that? There's a lot of gray area to affiliate marketing. What are your thoughts? Um, I, there's a lot of good affiliates. My good friend, Rachel Hanaway, has been in the affiliate industry for so long. I know from her, it's not the gray that everybody thinks it is. There's gray people within it. You know, just like there's, you know, black hats within WordPress or anything else. Um, so I think that affiliate marketing has its place. I think you have to monitor it. Um, I do look at, we're in beta right now for it, and I do look at every application I get from people. And I go look at what they do from an SEO standpoint to see if they're doing anything black hat before I approve them, just to keep myself clean and to make sure that I'm not going to get in trouble with you know, that type of thing. But that's not necessarily affiliate marketing. It's everybody in Internet marketing. People don't know what they don't know. Well, for the most part, there are some black cats that truly want to be black cats. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that uh, we were involved with an affiliate program in something um, not too long ago, and there was like a whole rash of um, like credit card theft that they were buying these digital products and then, you know, on stolen credit cards to get the affiliate fee into their bank account, and then mm -hmm. the actual person who owned the credit card would you know, what's this charge? I, I've never heard of, of this stuff before. Um, so we kind of uh, backed out of it. Um, but it, I, I guess, is there a, a good affiliate uh, that folks should be looking at, a good affiliate program? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we're small still because we're in beta. And I, like I said, I look at people and I want to make sure I've heard of them. You know, I'm sitting in one application because I really didn't hear from the person and I you know, looked at their stuff. I try to keep it to people I'm familiar with and, you know, see. And because you're right, there's a lot that can go wrong. Um, and maybe it's because we're Genesis focused and the people that are wanting to be affiliate program are people who are already in the Genesis community. So you're hearing about them and then they want to promote it. But yeah, that, that worries me. I don't have a good answer and I don't have a, a, a good way to prevent it. Um, what's really working uh, in the business today? Is it the mix of, of everything, SEO, custom, themes? Is there one thing that you're going to be laser focused on for the rest of 2013? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think my thoughts with that and with any business is do what you know and do what you're good at. I mean, I know... I laugh because my mantra is do what makes you happy. WordPress design makes me happy. Building the themes make me happy. SEO, not so much. Don't really like it. However, SEO is something that I know and that's something that our clients want. So I look at my board and I have all these SEO projects and you know people either we've launched or people who want standalone SEO projects and as much as I want to move away from it, it can't because it's what we know. You know, and it's part of who we are and what we're really good at. So I think if you focus at what you're good at, even if you may not like it fully, you know, that breeds success because you're good at it. You, that success that you can have with your own projects flows over to your client base and it just continues to reproduce into more business. Yeah. I guess uh, uh, keyword research, meta descriptions, not as fun as, you know, building no, a new site solution. mapping. Yeah. <laughs> so boring. But it's necessary. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about this early on. But how do you deal with that $500 client or how did you deal with that $500 client back in the day when they wanted you to build them Facebook for 500 bucks? I didn't back in the day. I didn't know how to deal with them. You know, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't have a good solution for them. I just said, we're not your answer. Now I have the theme store, you know, so we have our own themes. And I say, I can't build you a custom WordPress theme for $500. However... If you'd like to pick Catherine or Ellen May from our theme store, we can customize that. And I try to recommend themes that might fit for what they want, uh, you know, and make recommendations and try to do something that fits within their budget. That's my solution today. It works 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time, they just have an unrealistic budget and expectations, and you can't change that. You know, there might be somebody else that's going to do it for less than me. I might be higher priced. Then they got to go find that person or, you know, and go utilize that because we just can't do it. Yeah. It's a great answer. Um, you also mentioned Pressnomics. There's WordCamps. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you think we're going with uh, WordPress meetups, WordCamps, Pressnomics? Are, is that going to start to flourish? We're going to see more uh, of these types of um, third-party events outside of the WordPress Foundation, like Pressnomics? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've spoken at meetups. I've sponsored WordCamps and I've gone to Pressnomics. I think for the end users, WordCamps and meetups are great. I think for people like me who run a business on WordPress and it's all about WordPress, I don't think they're as beneficial as they could be. I'm hoping the community goes and, and, and uses more um, developer tracks and you know business tracks for the, for the WordCamps and that Pressnomics continues to flourish and there's more Pressnomics. Pressnomics was the best money I have ever spent. I was so happy I went. I mean, Debbie and I had a great time. We met so many people I never would have met. You know, you just have relationships where you've talked to people before. You may have even given, done business with them before, but you've not put that one-on-one. -on -one. It makes a huge difference. You know, to be able to have a drink with somebody at a bar and just sit and talk with them. 
and I learned a lot. And you know, they they've announced that they're going to have another one. I will buy a ticket the first day it comes out. And I wish they'd have you know more opportunities like that because I go to every single one of them. Yeah, amen to that. I, I agree. I think word camps are great. Um, you know, it certainly helps folks and businesses like yours to uh, kind of find the, the themes, uh, theme sales and even custom site design. Um, but a lot of this, at least at my perspective is a lot of the folks going there are just starting out or majority might be just starting out. So they're not even thinking themes yet. They're still trying to figure out what a theme is. Exactly. Um, yep. so, yeah, I definitely like to see that, that broaden, uh, the, the playing field for other events. Oh boy, so many other questions, but I'm going to say, let's do, um, if you could go back in time, one year, five years, 10 years, what's the key ingredient or process you think you would change if you had to do it all over again? I would look for a team sooner. I did the one woman shop for, um, you know, like a year and a half, and I would look for a team sooner. I, you know, I just, I was worried about it, and, um, and I, you know, I didn't do it. But when we, when we finally made the decision to do it, I pulled out from my 401k and my husband was really good about supporting it and we backed the business with our own money. Um, we actually had a, a private investor to come and try to invest in the company wow. before, you know, before we really grew it. And I, you know, we entertained the idea, but then we realized, why would we do that? We can, we can fund this ourselves. You know, so we funded it and we started hiring people and we started expanding you know, the team that we had. I wish I would have done that a year earlier. I think, you know, I, I'm... I don't know where we'd be if we would have done that, but I know life has been so much better and I've enjoyed things a lot more having that team in place and being able to, you know, work with people and make a better product as a group as opposed to just me. Awesome. That's an awesome answer. Um, so that wraps the formal interview. Um, so I think that phew, if people haven't taken some awesome information away from that, that talk, they obviously weren't listening and they have to hit rewind, do it again, please, because some awesome stuff there. Um, let's jump into the next segment called what's in your toolbox. What piece of software or hardware do you use on a daily basis to run the business? You mentioned Basecamp. Yep. Um, what else do you use on a daily basis? I am surprised at how much overhead I have from the things that we subscribe to. I mean, you know, from the technology of my Mac, couldn't live without my Mac and, you know, my retina iPad and things like that to, um, Basecamp and GitHub and, you know, premium hosting, um, email from Rackspace, you know, those are all things, Dropbox. I keep finding more things that we are, I'm paying for each month for software as a service. But they're tools you have to have. I mean, you have, we have a theme store and we're making iterative updates to a stock theme. I have to have GitHub. I mean, we have to have some way to track those changes and those, those versions. And you have to have Basecamp to manage the project. You know, those, I don't know where I would be without either one of those. Or email, for that matter. I mean, solid email. When I started, I was using GoDaddy email. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a good lesson learned, really. There is a good lesson learned. And, you know, and when I first started, we were using GoDaddy hosting. I didn't know yet. I, I didn't know that it, it just didn't have the capabilities that somebody like Rackspace or WireTree, you know, would at a at a premium level. And, I, you know, you just you have to make that investment. If you're, if you're going to want to grow the company, you need to be able to have technology and processes and systems and place to be able to have it grow with you. Nice. Jump into the lightning round. I'll ask you a series of quick questions. You'll have a series of quick answers. Okay. The, the one plugin you cannot live without. Um, it is now Yoast SEO. A favorite WordPress or business book? Oh gosh, I don't know the answer to that. 
I've read a bunch, but I haven't read forever, so I can't even give you an answer. <laughs> a quote you live or run your business by? Oh. No quote, but I believe in karma. That's a good one. Business uh, is about karma and doing good things. Uh, this might go into the next answer or the next question, but the best business or career advice you ever received? Hmm. I would just say expect to work hard because hard work will pay off. Uh, the longest a client project has ever taken? Oh, I have two of them currently and they are a year. Nice. Yes. Uh, no, not nice. <laughs> Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Oh, it, I'd be out of business. I wouldn't leave. No. <laughs> the world is WordPress. <laughs> uh, who should I interview next? Hmm. I'm not doing very good at the lightning round. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and finally, what is the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Wow, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I guess, you know, what would I, if I was one thing I would tell other people about trying to, you know, build up the business, whether it's WordPress or anything else, you know, what's the one thing that's the most important and it's start with what you know and then learn what you, you know, learn a little bit about what you don't and get the team in place to help support what you don't. And if you just focus on that, I think all things are possible. Yeah, I totally, totally 1000% agree with that statement. Oh boy, it's been a great interview. Uh, it's still so many other questions, but we're going to wrap it up. So Rebecca, thanks for doing this interview. You're uh, welcome. If folks want to see more of uh, these awesome interviews, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe to jump on the mailing list. Rebecca, where can people find you on the web? You're at web-savvy-marketing.com. Awesome. And they can also say hi to you and thanks on Twitter. Yes. Yep. And we're on Google plus and Facebook and Awesome. Just Google us. You'll find us. Sweet. All right, Rebecca, thanks for doing the interview. Take care. Thank you.